This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome to MMA Takes Podcast. It's been a while since we've done, feels like a while to me. I didn't put one out last week. I didn't recap Uruguay. Um, last week was a crazy week. I we put I rushed out a podcast with Devin on Friday, the pick 'em for UFC 241. Hope you listen to that. We're gonna get all into UFC 241, one of the greatest UFC pay per views. I don't want to say all time. Chael Sutton said all time. I don't want to say all time, but it was damn good. It was unbelievable. We'll recap the shit out of that. I'm on no time limit now. Your boy's gonna go off. It's the return of the top five. I got a fire top five at the end. If you've been listening to the show for a while, I used to do top fives every single episode. I kind of phased it out. Now we're doing it. We're doing top five. I got a good one, uh, a one exciting to talk about. We'll recap everything. We'll talk everything that's going on in MMA. Welcome. Welcome. You know, uh, last week was a weird week for me, boys. So, you know, <clears throat> it's 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 like, an, you know, I kind of touched on it Friday when I did the podcast with Devin. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, and I think I tweeted something out too. It's like. Wasn't going to put this out, had a crazy week. So, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say I'm sick or anything like that, but I'm not sick. But it's like, every time I come on here, I'm like, I'm, I'm complaining about this, I'm complaining about that. And it feels like I live in like an iron longer. I'm some 61 year old man. Well, last week I was on vacation from work, but I decided to work it, right? Well, at least I thought. So I made it two days. Tuesday, I felt really weird. And, and, and I've been battling this weird anxiety hypochondria for forever and it really fucks with your body like you think you're convincing yourself something's wrong with you it's, it's wild and you know i i have a you know i, I talked to somebody about it and, and i didn't think that was working and i, I, I refused medicine because i don't think i need medicine and i like taking medicine and it's just one of those things and, fi- and and then on top of that you know when i feel this way the thought in my head is like i gotta go to the hospital but I'm terrified of hospitals, right? Like, I don't like doctor's office. I don't like hospitals. They make me nervous. They make me uneasy. The white shoot said it best in the office. Like, oh, you want to get sick? You go to the hospital. Like, that's how I feel. I feel like if I'm in the hospital, I'm sick. And I was in the hospital in March for pneumonia for like a day. And I'm just like, all I wanted to do is get the fuck out of there. I was so sick. And, but that kind of triggered this weird anxiety hypochondria where I'm like, oh, I'm human. Like, I could get sick. Like, there's things that could actually happen to me. So last week, going to work, trying to work, I had a real weird weekend. I was like wrapped in my head with all this dumb shit. Finally, I, I like, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to the hospital. I'm, I'm going to get checked out. I, I'm going to go in. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to be like, I, something's wrong with me. So I went in uh, Tuesday and they ran a bunch of tests and I'm talking like they did everything, right? Shout out to the hospital. They ran everything. They, they probably see someone that comes in and thinks something wrong because I, I, felt, I definitely felt different. And in my mind, I was thinking I'm different because of the way I feel, but not the way I'm thinking because your mind is so powerful. And this, you know, this is kind of embarrassing for me to talk about, but I think it's an important thing to talk about. I think a lot of people kind of go through this. Um, Mike Perry just came out and said it like when he broke his nose at Uruguay, his head was hurting and he thought in the hospital, like, oh my God, is my brain bleeding? Am I going to die? We all have these morbid thoughts a lot of us can control it better than others. And, and I used to be able to control it. I mean, I wasn't bulletproof. I used to think crazy stuff. I've had some unfortunate deaths in my life and friends have died in car accidents and, you know, tragedy has happened in, in my part of town. So I'm no stranger to it. And it's definitely like a reality. I don't deal with it well. And I've always just kind of hit it and buried it 
now I, I'm like, I have to like kind of embrace it or it's going to cripple me. So I go and they don't find anything wrong. They release me. My wife comes up. She's a fucking superhero. Everything was fine. They're like, you know what? They're like, but if you're coming in feeling this way and you, you know, you feel this way, well, I'm going to refer to you a specialist, blah, blah. So I call the specialist they referred me to October 16th when they can see me. I'm like, okay, that's not good enough. So I call my primary, they told me to follow up with my primary care doctor. She's awesome. We're going over three years. Took me a while to find a doctor. I didn't go to a doctor for like six years because the doctor I went before, because I used to, I have to get physicals every year for work. So I'm like, I'm just going to go to like a fucking urgent care. If I, if I have the sniffles and they can give me whatever, I don't, I don't want to go to a doctor because the doctor I had was, I didn't like. So I found this doctor. She's awesome. And, uh, I haven't been able to see her for a while. I, I haven't seen her, you know, since August last year, because every time I schedule an appointment, you know, she's either booked up or what have you. So I go and see her and then they do a bunch of tests on me, a bunch of blood tests, you know, cholesterol, hyperthyroidism. I mean, everything, right. They put me through the ringer too, because if you come in and you're saying to yourself, I think there's something wrong with me. I don't know what I'm in pain. I'm in this, I'm in whatever, you know, they're going to take that pretty seriously. And I, and literally doctors are usually in there five, 10 minutes. She sat there with me for like 25 minutes, 30 minutes, just kind of talking because she knows me. Right. And, uh, it, it's, it's cool. Cause you're like vulnerable. And I know this isn't what like an MMA podcast, you're not going to expect this on an MMA podcast. We're going to get to the fighting, but I just, I want to open up to my listeners on what was, what I was going through last week. Cause again, I think it's an important topic. Like if, if you're battling with something in your mind, I consider myself a very strong minded, very confident person. But if you if, if there's a nagging thing in the back of your mind, it, it's important to address it. And I wasn't addressing it. I was letting it consume me. And then so finally I, you know, went over my irrational fear of hospitals and doctors and they really put my mind at ease and they really talked me through this and they were, said, listen, if there's something wrong with you, we're going to find them in these tests. We're, we're going to know. And everything came back great. Everything came back great. Um, like my, you know, and like I said, I've, I've, I've had blood tests done in the past year prior um, it's not like I avoid the doctors altogether, but like if I, you know, I'll go and if I have a cold, because they're going to be, Oh, here's some cold medicine. See ya. But if I have like a real problem or I think that it's going to be a real problem, I get real skittish. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to know. Don't tell me, just don't fucking tell me. So I want to start by that. Cause I'm open and honest with you guys. I wanted to tell you that, um, last week that was what was going on. Um, and then uh, I got a bunch of bunch of shots and immunizations that were due that made me fucking crazy lightheaded. Like the tetanus thing is so weird, right? When she's like, "Oh, you haven't had a tetanus shot in ten years," and I go, "What the fuck is tetanus? Is that like tuberculosis? Do I even have to do that?" They're like, "Yeah, you should you should definitely get a tetanus shot." So she gives me a tetanus shot, right? My arm immediately goes warm, right? The, she jabbed it right in my arm. I got a hepatitis A or whatever the fuck we got to get to. Um, jabs into my arm my whole arm literally she's like relax your arm I'm like, okay she jabs into my arm my whole arm goes warm like fucking like the whole thing's filled with piss I'm like what the fuck was that i get home devin aka dev goes fishing is texting me like hey man if you're you know if you're up for it we can squeeze one in so i was like yeah let's go let's go do the podcast you know fuck it this is a huge card i don't want to miss it I, all week i've been getting poked and prodded and talking to people about you know this imagine anything wrong with me let's fucking let's uh let's do it and so uh, we do it, and the whole time I'm sitting there, and I'm like dizzy, and I'm like, "Oh my god, what is going on?" And I, I have since come down, and I'm not, I'm, my mind's not going to crazy places like, "Oh, something's wrong me," or, or whatever. I'm just like that fucking tetanus shot. And sure, shit, I look it up. I shouldn't have. WebMD is not your friend, guys. 
you go on WebMD and be like, my feet are cold. And it tells you, oh, you probably are anemic and that's a blood disorder and you could die. And it's like, it's crazy. Just I, I, if I, my recommendation to anybody is avoid WebMD. However, um, I go on and I go to si- Google side effects of tetanus and it says lightheadedness, dizziness, whatever. And I'm swim. My head was swimming Friday night. I went to bed at like 945. I'm like, I got to get some sleep. This thing's killing me. Uh-oh. If you hear that, if you hear that in the background, that's my little daughter. She's probably trying to get in. We put new doors in the house and a wife and I bought hallway or closet door handles and they don't lock. So, and they're lower now. The old door door handles were a little higher. They're lower now. So she fucking come in anytime she wants. So wife's trying to wrangle her up, I bet. All right. So that's my personal journey. I just wanted to share that with you guys. I'm not, I mean, I'm embarrassed by it. I've, I've told my wife I'm embarrassed about it. I haven't really told me, like my friends or anything about it because it's something that's sensitive to me. But why not put it on a fucking podcast, right? Why not? But there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Like I think everyone goes through these battles with themselves and if you're strong enough to just kind of fucking be like, you know what? Quit being an idiot. You're fine. If you're not, it's okay to go talk to somebody. I'm a big advocate of that. I don't think anybody needs to be a manly man if they're going through some stuff. I consider myself an alpha. I consider myself <clears throat> all these things. Um, but when you're when you're going through some stuff in your mind mentally and, it, and it's fucking with you and it's confusing you and playing tricks on you and all these things, I mean, if, if you know, going to talk to a professional and, and going to talk to anybody to really help you with this stuff, that's really important. I mean, it's... It's it's in it's a thing you know in this world that it runs rampant. Everyone has these morbid thoughts. Everyone has all these things, and it's important to talk to somebody. That's what, you know that's why I'm I'm very happy that I kind of went through this and got through it and everything. Because when my if my daughter grows up, I want to I want to be there for her. I want I don't want to ignore these things. I want to be open and honest with her about it. And uh, being vulnerable <clears throat> sometimes isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, being vulnerable is a human form that we all have a human trait that everyone has. And sometimes it's not cool to be vulnerable. Sometimes it's not cool to admit I'm having trouble with this. I'm not having a good day today, but it's okay when, when you're not having a good day because it, it can get better. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Excuse me. I got a frog in my throat. All right. So that was my personal journey. What else happened last week? Anything? I mean, that was pretty much it. Um, just going through that. Got blood drawn about a hundred times. Tetanus shots. UFC 241 was amazing on the weekend. Um, I don't think so. Today's Wednesday. I usually have like some like antidote. I'm sure someone's pissed me off. I'm sure we've done something, but you know, I can't. Uh, I can't think of anything. So let's dive into the fights. UFC 241. Boy, oh boy, <clears throat> how good was this card, guys? How good was this card? It was unbelievable. It was top heavy. Main card was sick. Prelims. There was a couple fights that were sprinkled in that were really good. But overall, it was, a, it was a fantastic card. I loved every single fight. I was into every single fight. There were stars. There were build up. They they really really promoted the or they yeah promoted this fight card right and and rightfully so. <clears throat> Goddamn frog! All right, <clears throat> so I finally won, boys. I finally won. Where's the applause? Nope, that's not it. Here we go. Hey, 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 hey! Finally beat Devin. Uh, it's been a, you know, we've done this, I think it's four times now. Uh, we picked the pay-per-view cards. I smoked them nine to three. Crushed them. Uh, nine to three. Felt confident in this card. I really did. Even though I was lightheaded as shit because tetanus got me and uh, and I was ill-prepared to to um, pick. I mean, I filled out the, the card early last week, but uh, 
Yeah, it was, it was, I was very confident in my picks. And uh, finally got a win. So 3 1 me over Devin Tejada, friend of the podcast. And uh, let's recap the card. First fight of the night, Sabina Mazo versus Shana Dobson. I picked Dobson as the underdog. Again, bowl of spaghetti fight. Uh, Mazo looked great. Mazo looked, you know, she looked in control the whole time. So stand up was good. Her clinch was good. I thought Dobson had a little more power, but Mazo just shut her down everywhere. Really lopsided. Dobson's three and three now. Um, hmm. If you were in any other weight class, you wouldn't be fighting in the UFC. Three and three is rough. You don't fight all that often. Not really sure why she's hanging around, but she is. Next up, you have Brandon Davis versus uh, Hong Young King. Kong? Kong? I think they were calling him Kong. Uh, Devin and I both picked uh, pick Brandon Davis as a plus 160 underdog. He lost. You know, Brandon Davis, everyone makes, you know, Dominic Cruz, who I do not like on the broadcast. I love Dominic Cruz as a fighter. Get the fuck out of my face when you commentate. I think he's just, I don't, I, he's, I don't like him, right? He's not my favorite. But he made a good point. If this guy's running 20 miles a day, when does he get time to train? Because 20 miles a day, you got to recover. A lot of people are online saying this guy doesn't run 20 miles a day. He obviously does a lot of cardio to get the weight down, all that stuff like that. They're promoting the 20 miles a day. I think I said it on the podcast as well. I've been, you know, and I don't want to compare my, you know, my wife hates this. You know, whenever we're watching the Reds game or, or baseball, I always, or drive by a baseball field, I always tell her baseball stories. So I was good. I was a pretty good when I was a kid. And she just goes, shut up. Like, you quit it with your baseball stories. I don't care when what you did when you were 12. So I don't want to compare my MMA experience to Brandon Davis, but I've been in the gym with guys who could run miles and miles and miles. The minute you grapple, the minute you box, the minute you do a different kind of exercise, different kind of cardio exercise, they gas, they fade really quick. So obviously his cardio is good, but he did slow down a little bit and Kang really, you know, outworked him and, and, and showed a lot. Brandon Davis's fight IQ was really low. I thought he should have kept the fight standing the whole time. I thought he should have kept working those leg kicks. Kind of fell apart a little bit. Kang had a really good, uh, Kong, excuse me, had a really good game plan and, and got a win in there. Kong's been in the UFC for a long time. It's crazy. He's been fighting since like 2013, 2014 in the UFC, which is weird, wild stuff. Um, so that's pretty wild. But uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Devin and I both lost that one. We thought that was uh, an underdog fight. Next up, you had Hannah Cyphers versus Jody Esquibble. Uh, Devin had the underdog on Jody. I had Hannah. I thought Hannah was just all around better electric i'm talking electric interview with joe rogan this girl can go in front of thousands of people potentially millions if they're watching at home and fight in a cage but when joe rogan interviews her it's like the worst thing in the world it's it blows i don't understand it i don't get it but she looked good she looked tough you know um she is a tough girl jody i think this might be the end of the line for her she's I think 0-4 in her last four fights. I think four straight losses for her. I mean, Hannah was kind of a... this is Hannah was a minus 275 favorite, which was pretty steep. But I just thought she was overall better fighter than uh, Jody. And, and, and it was, it was a <clears throat> good fight. I missed some of this. I had to feed my daughter, but I did catch some of it back. And H Hannah fought well. So that was one for me. One up me. Uh, next up, we have Manny Bermudez versus Casey Kenny. Uh, Devin got the underdog on Casey Kenny here. I had Manny Bermudez. Uh, Manny's got to go to 45, right? I mean, that's just, they were talking about on the, uh, the broadcast. He's got to go to 45. He looks huge in there. Casey Kenny legitimately could be a 125er. Legitimately could fight at 125. He's choosing to fight at 135 because it's, there's more action there. His grappling's insane. If he's a true 125er and Manny Bermudez is clearly a 45er, that's crazy that he did that well in the grappling exchanges and, and held his own. Uh, it, it was a, it was a close fight. I thought Casey Kenny won, even though I picked Manny. 
Manny kind of just, he didn't seem there. I, during his walkout, I went, I don't like his, the way he's walking out. I don't like his demeanor. I don't like the way he's carrying himself in the cage. He just didn't want to, he didn't seem like he wanted to be there. And I think that's evident when you don't make weight, right? I mean, sure. 135 is, is a cut for him, but leading up to that, you know, you have to make 145 or excuse me, 135. And you're coming in really heavy fight week. That's why they made it to 140 because the commission was like, you guys can't cut this much weight. Um, Casey Kenny weighed in at like 146 that night. Like he's, he doesn't get heavier than 150. He's clearly a 125er. Um, but he really impressed me with his grappling. His grappling is really, really strong. And, and he, he, he's not a, a, a submission threat like Manny Bermudez is, but he's a position over submission. His standup needs a little bit of work. Manny was cracking him a lot, but his chin showed up pretty well. Um, Manny just has that really good left or right hand. I can't remember if he's a Southpaw or not. Uh, he was hitting him with that shot over and over again. Casey Kenny kind of looked like he got tired a little bit. Um, maybe because of just the size. I mean, Manny was wearing on him, but Manny is a legit dude, undefeated guy on the ground has submitted pretty much everybody's fought in the UFC, I believe. Uh, so impressive stuff from Casey Kenny. I mean, he, he took out, um, fuck Ray Borg. I almost said Jim Sorgi from the goddamn Indianapolis Colts fucking back in 2002. Cause I'm old as shit. Uh, he fought Ray Borg and looked really good in Ray Borg. And now he's Manny Bermuda's winner. I mean, this kid is, is getting up there. I, I would like to see a little more improvement in a standup. I think he's hittable, but his grappling is, is top notch. I mean, if you're out grappling Ray Borg and, uh, Manny Bermudez with being a little undersized, that's really impressive stuff. Uh, you know, the sky's the limit for this kid. I, uh, you know, he's going to, he's going to run in trouble with someone who who's, in shape and, and is is a, is just as good as a grappler as him because I don't think he can win stand up battles but you know we'll see we'll see when the time comes. Next up you have Rafael Sunsal versus Corey Sanhagen. I want to give a congratulations to Corey Sanhagen. You are now officially one of my guys. Congratulations, Corey. It's a big honor for you to be in the group. Um, he looked great, right? This was kind of a uh, was that the next fight? I didn't skip any fights. Did that nope. Yeah, so he looked great. Corey looked great. I had Corey in this fight. Devin picked uh, a sun style because he was an underdog. I thought it was a smart underdog pick. Corey's just so big, so long. He moves really well. He's kind of sampling from like the Dominic Cruz, the TJ Dillashaw's, the way he moves in and out. He out grappled a sun style. Um, he, he was strong in there. His stand up looked good. Um, I wish he would have been a little more of a killer in there because the sun style was dangerous. I get it. I get, you know, getting the biggest one of your career. He is a killer. Like he's killed, you know, he's finished pretty much everyone he's fought. So uh, he looked great. He took no damage. He's refreshed. He looked great in you know, post fight. He won- he called out Dominic Cruz, but kind of did it in a classy way. He's saying the only person to beat Henry Cejudo is me. Um, I like this kid. He's one of my guys now. He's in he's in the club. He's officially in the club. What that entails when you're in the club is if you know hypothetically, right? This would never happen in in the real world. This is just a hypothetical. Say you are in a bar in a European country. Okay, Ireland. I don't know Dublin. Whatever. And um, you punch an old man, right? Hypothetical. You punch an old man in the head. Um, I'm going to somehow spin it to think that old man was some kind of Nazi racist. Okay. That's what you're going to get from me. You're going to get undying loyalty from me. And that's what Corey Sanhagen has now. So the sky's the limit for this kid. I've been watching this kid for a while. um, And he's one of my guys. That's it. That's all there says. But he looked really good. He fought really smart. A Sun Tzu is a tough, tough dude. Not many people's beaten that guy. He's fought forever. 
And uh, Corey just showed like his style and everything's going to be trouble for a lot of people. He's big. He's long. He's really good striker, good grappling. Like you're not going to be able to hold him down unless you're like a world, world elite wrestler, which I don't think there's a ton of guys at 135 that are that. Um, the only thing that's going to hold Corey Sandhagen back, in my opinion, is the weight cut. I mean, I think he does cut a lot of weight. He's never missed weight. He's never complained about it. He is a thinner person or the person spit uh, thinner fighter. He's not like yoked up. But as he gets older, I can see the weight cut being a problem for 35. You could zap his energy a little bit. But this kid's a real deal, man. I think, you know, they're, they're trying to set up an Edgar Aljamain fight. Henry Cejudo's going to defend 125 first. At least that's what Dana White said last night. So don't really know what's going to happen in that division. 135 is wide open right now. I would love to see a Petro Jan, Corey Sanhagen fight. I think that'd be awesome. Petro Jan doesn't know how to take a back foot. Um, I know Petro's literally been calling everybody out on, on, on fucking... Uh, twitter so i love that i wanted to see him fight these elite guys and uh yeah hopefully he does hopefully he gets that shot all right so now we're into the main event on the on the uh whatchamacallit um espn show she had Devonte smith versus calmer worthy calmer worthy is a plus 685 underdog and he knocked out Devonte smith that was devin's we devin and i both picked Devonte smith but that was devin's lock in the night Devontae Smith was a neg- minus one th- negative, minus 1,000 favorite, which was insane. I hated that number. I would have never bet Devontae Smith in a million years. I, however, am sad and I'm a one giant pathetic fucking loser for not putting a couple bucks in Calmer Worthy. If you see a guy, right, who's a good striker fighting another good striker and he's that high, it only makes sense to put a couple bucks on him, Be- you know, because anything can happen. And then I didn't know the backstory that these guys knew each other and trained together. You know, Karma Worthy, I looked at his record. I looked at his fights. You know, interesting striking style, kind of unique. You know, um, definitely powerful, but he has a chin problem. He's been knocked out. He's been finished before against some guys who've made it to UFC who, hasn't done, who haven't really done all that well in the UFC. Devontae Smith's a big power puncher. I think he's finished everybody he's fought in the UFC so far. He looked a little, little brothery, right? Karma worthy, big brothered him a little bit. I think they trained together before. They obviously have. I think they both knew how the sparring sessions went. And Devontae Smith, I don't know if he was trying to play it slow because he knew he didn't want to, you know, this, he might not be able to finish this guy right away. He might have thought in his head, this guy slows down. He's taking this fight on a couple weeks notice, yada, yada, yada. I saw it as karma just big brothered him because Devontae did nothing. I mean, absolutely fucking nothing in this fight. And he got caught with a with a check. I think it was a check right hand, which dropped him. The uppercut missed. He finished him on the ground. Huge upset win. Carmer Worthy gave an electric um, post-fight speech, too. And then even afterwards with Brad Okamoto and all the people in the back, he was. He, I mean, he's an inter- interesting guy. I'm happy for him. He got the 50K bonus, which is huge for a guy making his UFC debut. Huge. Couldn't went to couldn't went to a better person. I mean, giving fifty k to a guy who's making seven hundred fifty k on the card. I mean, that's a nice. I mean, fifty k is no chump change, but giving it to a guy who's probably not making much. He's probably making what twelve to show, twelve to win. Putting fifty on that's nice, and uh, I think he deserved it. All right, so main event time, or excuse me, main card time. Uh, yeah, Derek Brunson versus Enan Heinish. Derek, uh, Devin and I both had Enan Heinish. Derek Brunson surprised me. Wilmington strong, baby. Um, Should have won my Wilmington brother on this. I was a little conflicted on this fight. I thought Ian Heinrich looked so good in all his fights leading up to this. I thought Derek Brunson, as good as a wrestler he is, I thought he might have been a little too wild, left himself open, maybe got tired, and Ian, Ian Heinrich was just going to fucking just, just outwork him, right? I didn't see a finish happening. Heinrich doesn't have the best stand-up in the world. But Derek Brunson, new camp, new trainer, hard knocks 365, looked good, looked composed on his feet, had some power shots, hurt 
Highness a couple times on power shots. I mean, didn't it like hurt him, hurt him, but cracked him a few times. And his grappling was just on another level. Like he showed out. He and he looked great, looking great shape. He, I mean, Hard Knocks 365's got some killers. They got some champions down there. Um, I've never loved Henry Hoof. I've I've maybe said some bad things about him, his coaching style, and I I don't I don't know why everyone flocks to him. But he's got a good fucking camp down there, right? Greg Jones is the wrestling coach at 365. And if you watch Anatomy of Fighter, some of the some of the um things they did down there, or he, uh, Walt Harris, or Will Harris, excuse me, Walt Harris, Will Harris did down there, he filmed like a wrestling session with them, and those guys go at it, I mean, they fucking wrestle, and they're, you're only, it's so hot in Florida, it's so fucking hot down there, so you're only going to get in shape, and I think that was a smart move for Derek Brunson, I really do, I think he looked the best he's ever looked, right, um, I know he's like a quick knockout guy, and he's fought some of the best in the world, but he looked great, he really did, I was, I, I was mad I missed that, because he was, there was some really nice value on Derek Brunson at plus 120, I think a lot of people underestimated him. A lot of people counted him out, but uh, that was a big win for him. So I'm happy. Next up, Sadiq Yusuf versus Gabriel Benitez. Let's give it up, Sadiq Yusuf. This is a this is one of the few cards where two fighters officially become my guys. I love Sadiq Yusuf. I've loved him since the Contender Series. I thought he's looked great in every single one of his fights. I think he's got a great story. I think he has a great personality. I think he's a great fighter. He was my lock of the night, and I predicted he'd finish, and he did. So that gave me that yielded me yielded me several points. Um, he looked great, right? I mean, Benitez is a lot tougher than I thought. I I, I did not realize Benitez was going to come out as aggressive as he was. Should have done a little more tape on him because when this fight announced, I was like, well, I'm going, I'm riding with Sadiq. Um, but Gabriel Benitez is, is a tough dude. He drops Sadiq with a big hand, big, I believe right hand, and Sadiq kind of get up from the canvas. You know, he's very defensive-minded, but he came out super aggressive against Benitez, cut him within the first minute. But Benitez is a dog, man. He fucking, he let the dog out. Like, he fucking bit down that mouthpiece, and they were scrapping. They were banging for a while. And then Sadiq finally caught him with a counter, beautiful counterpunch, kind of right hand, put him down, finished him. Uh, awesome. Awesome celebration. Awesome story with his family in Nigeria. He like, I think he's like loaded up a car for supplies to them. He's trying to get them to America. Just an all around great story. I mean, how can you not root for the guy? You got to root for him. He looked incredible, right? Definitely one of my guys. I got three Nigerians as my guys now. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a, maybe I'm an honorary Nigerian. I think that I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if that's, you know, being a white dude from Cincinnati. I don't know if I'm allowed saying that. However, Adesanya, Kamar Usman, and fucking Sadiq are all my guys now. You know, that, yeah, that's, that's a fucking, that's quite a trio right there. And, and they all are electric. They all got great stories. I love them all. All right, next up you had, um, <clears throat> my throat's giving out on me. The final three fights in the night were absolutely insane. So you had Yo Romero versus Paulo Costa. I had Paulo as an underdog here. Um, this is a fight a lot of people were talking about, right? This is a fight a lot of people were saying that was the greatest fight they've ever seen. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I was de definitely entertained. <clears throat> my wife was watching it. She was, um, getting googly eyes for Paulo Costa. I had, to, I had to kick her out of the room. I said, you know, go, go cool off. Go take a cold shower, okay? Quit looking at this guy. She's never seen... I mean, she doesn't watch a ton of fights with me. Usually she's off doing whatever. But these two guys are jacked, muscle bricked up. And she's like, these guys are fucking... You know, you don't see physiques like that in, in two fighters fighting each other. It was an incredible fight. Don't get me wrong. Best fight I've ever seen? No. But incredible fight. Um, I had Costa because I thought Costa was going to stock forward. I thought Yo Romero's pace... Is a little weird in a three round fight. I think in a, in a five round fight, I think he beats Costa, but in a three round fight, you know he 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 explodes on spurts and he you know he's he's and one punch can knock you out. But he got dropped in the first round, easy first round for Costa. Second round was pretty even. 
I thought Yoel would wrestle a little more. I thought he would um, mix in his wrestling a little more than he did. He played against the cage a lot. Third round was all um, was all Yoel. They both dropped each other, I should say. But third round was all Yoel. Um, second round could have went either way. I, I can't remember who I officially scored it for. A lot of people were calling robbery. I don't think it was a robbery. I thought I, I, I thought it was a close fight. I wouldn't have been mad if Romero won, and I wouldn't have been mad if Costa won. Obviously, I had money on Costa. But I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't like thrown a fit if if Romero would have won. I wouldn't call it a robbery. When you go forward and you walk forward and you're fucking, you're throwing those goddamn hands. And you, listen, anything can happen, right? That's not, well, not anything can happen, but like the judges see that shit, right? And uh, you, even though a lot of those shots weren't landing, and Yo was was keeping that weird guard and sticking his tongue out the whole time. And he was eating a lot of these shots, but none of them infect him. I mean, he's made, what is he made of, right? He's 42 years old. He's fucking bricked up. What is going on? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, again, I thought it was an entertaining fight. I think they're going to eventually run it back. Uh, Costa is, is probably, you know, he came out today and said he's a dirty fighter. Cause yo was like pointing to mouth guards that weren't there and then throwing a punch and he's doing some stuff like that. You know, I mean, Yoel's been accused of that before. I don't, I necessarily don't know. I got to watch the fight back. But um, yeah, Costa then went out and called out Adesanya because uh, he's like, oh, it's personal with me and Adesanya. And they're like, why? He's like, he said I had done his warm arms. It's like, bro, like, yeah, like what? Like you call him skinny. Like what? He can't say you have dinosaur arms. Like if someone told me I had dinosaur arms and didn't make any, a fun of anything else, he's like, you have dinosaur arms. I'm like, that's all you got? <laughs> that's all you fucking got? Hit me with something harder than that. Uh, it's a different culture in Brazil, though. Brazilians get offended by fucking everything. So, um, yeah. But that was an insane fight. I liked it. I know Devin picked the old, you know, Devin picks all those Miami guys, all those Florida guys. You know, snuck that one in. Didn't didn't really know when the judges were reading that scorecard. Didn't know who's going to win. Um, but uh, yeah, we snuck that one out. All right, next up, co-main event: Nate Diaz versus Anthony Pettis. I had Diaz, Diaz, Nathan Diaz as an underdog. Uh, Devin had uh, Pettis. Um, good fight. I, listen, hot take alert, you know, sound the alarms. I don't think Nate looked all that good. Okay. Okay. Um, three years off, obviously affected him. I thought his boxing looked a little weird. He got cracked a lot, right? He took some shots. He did stutter step a little bit with, with a couple of those right hands in the first round where I feel like he hadn't been hit like that in a while. I think that kind of woke him up like, oh shit, this, you know, cause Anthony Pettis does hit hard with the right hand. He was like, oh shit, okay, I'm in a fucking fight. He decided to clinch. He worked the clinch. And then, you know, they, they had a nice little scramble on the ground. And then uh, he just beat Pettis up, right? Pettis broke his foot on his head with one of those head kicks. I'm sure which one. Um, but yeah, I don't think Nate looked all that great, if I'm being completely honest with you, right? He won the fight. Pettis slowed down. Nate's pace and the way he wears on you is going to affect anybody. Um, I thought Anthony Pettis thought this was going to be more of a fight on the outside. I thought. He had to worry about Nate coming forward with the boxing. Nate was, or Pettis obviously has some really good counter set up. Um, but when he came in and decided to clinch, Anthony didn't really have a ton to say about that. Didn't know what to do. Ate a lot of knees. Fight almost got finished with those knees. Pettis toughed it out, showed a lot of heart. And, um, you know, Nate won a decision there. And, and But I don't, I don't, you know, he just, he didn't look as sharp as he did against Michael Johnson years ago. He didn't look as sharp against either of the Connor fights. I thought he looked a little rusty, and I thought it looked like he hadn't sparred a lot for this camp. Now, this could have been a complete, I'm just, this is how I'm going to win this fight, right? Could have been a game plan. 
Um, he looked good in the dirty boxing, but from a distance when they were separated, he didn't look good from the outside boxing, which he normally looks insane. Could have been the leg kicks, could have been the head kicks. He, he might not want to have, have dealt with any of that. So he decided to clinch in, in least resistance. And I'm not saying Nate looked bad, right? I just don't think he looked great. I don't think I'm going to be talking about that Nate Diaz performance, right? I think the three years off got him. I think it did. Um, but entertaining fight nonetheless. I mean, Nate Diaz is, is the reason everyone was there. It was in California. He did, you know, I mean, they promote the shit out of it. Nate Diaz is a star, you know? Nate Diaz. I love how people, I defend Dana White a lot. I love how people, Dana came out and said, Nate's not a needle mover, right? Years ago. And everyone is bearing Dana White. Are you not allowed changing your mind, right? Nate, Dana came out and said he's a needle mover now, right? Are you not allowed changing your mind? Everyone's loved the Diaz brothers, right? They've always been cult heroes. Everyone's favorite fighters, but Nick or Nate, they love their attitude. They love the way they carry themselves. Nate or Dana said that, which I'm not, I didn't agree with him. I thought Nate was always a needle mover. I thought Nate was an interesting personality, always entertaining fights, all that stuff. When Dana came out and said that, I didn't agree with him. But people are holding this over Dana's fucking head. And it's like, hey, assholes, aren't we allowed changing our mind? We can't change our minds anymore. Like, I mean, I know Dana says a lot of shit and takes it back, but I mean, we're allowed changing our minds. Huh? All right, next up, main event, Stipe Miocic versus DC. Uh, Devin and I both had DC. Incredible main event. One of the best heavyweight fights I've ever seen. I'm not, I might not call this the greatest UFC card because UFC 189 was pretty goddamn good. I'm not going to say Yo Romero, Paula Costa was the greatest fight I've ever seen because it's not. But I'm going to sit here and probably say this might have been the greatest heavyweight fight I've ever seen insane stuff right um both came in great shape Devin and i talked about this fight at length we didn't know who was gonna win i thought if you if you were so sure someone was gonna win i thought you were a liar um stipe looked you know it looked in incredible shape so did dc but stipe just came out flat he didn't move his head i don't know what he was doing he's eating big shots daniel cormier is coming in leg kicking great um ended up taking him down ended up slamming him but Stipe just wouldn't move his head. I thought he handled himself well on the ground. Um, he didn't threaten with anything. He was kind of throwing elbows. But, you know, he wrote it out. DC stopped wrestling. And then, but was cracking him. And I think, you know, it's like almost like a Homer Simpson thing. Like DC's putting his hands out, grabbing his wrist, and then fucking showing, throwing short shots. And uh, Stipe's just eating him. He didn't move his head at all. Like the first two rounds, he was so flat. Third round, I thought he came out a little more energetic. I thought he came out. I don't know if he won the round per se. I think I, I probably would score it for Daniel. Um, but he definitely came out more energetic. He, he was bouncing a little more. He was he was moving his head a little bit. Um, and then the fourth round, obviously, the body shots took it over and then the big shot to the head, and he finished DC, which was so shocking. Insane fight. Awesome fight. I love that shit. I love the, you know, heavyweight fights get a bad rap because, they, you know, the longer the fight goes, the worse it is. And both these guys are elite, elite heavyweights. They both came in insane shape. And uh, super happy for Stipe. I like Stipe. I think Stipe is, Stipe is a cool dude. Um, I just, I just thought Daniel was the better fighter. I thought Daniel, Daniel Cormier was going to come out and probably wrestle a little more. Um, his biggest downfall is why didn't he throw those leg kicks? He was chewing up, uh, Stipe's legs in the first round. Stipe wasn't checking any of them. Keep throwing the leg kicks, um, wrestle a little more. I think Daniel, they said on Anik and Florian podcast, and I think John Anik maybe talked to Daniel. I don't think he quoted DC, but he thought that DC didn't want to wrestle because he's back. He was a little afraid of his back. Coming off back surgery, being 40, hurting your back against a guy like Stipe is probably scary. And he was doing well on the feet. Um, 
the biggest tell, everyone's saying this, so I'm not saying anything new here, but the biggest tell for me was in between the second and third round when he looked up at Javi or, or Bob Cook and was like, am I losing? Am I winning? Am I losing? He didn't know. Bro, you just punched that guy in the face for 40 minutes, or what? not really, but 10 minutes, hitting him with big shots, and you don't know if you're winning? I was like, what's going on here? Why does he, why does he not think he's winning? This is bonkers. Like, what's going on? Um, and then the third round, he came out kind of flat. DC did. Uh, I still think he won the round, like I said. But, you know, Stipe had a little more energy in that third round. And then they both looked tired at the end of the third round. Stipe came out. He's cut a little bit. He took, like, a big, deep breath in the fourth round. They came out. DC came out super flat. A lot of AKA guys. And I, I, I say AKA guys because DC's done it. Khabib's done it. Luke Rockhold's done it. They take rounds off. They conserve. If they're going five, they're like, I'm going to take a round off. I'm comfortable it's one of the best training camps in the world, if not the best. But they get arrogant and they get cocky with their training that they they think that they're going to always get a win, they're, you know, and that's fine. But you got to realize, like, you can't take rounds off, Again, especially a guy like Stipe. Stipe start digging that left hook to the body, which hurts so bad, open up the upstairs, boom. And it was a great game plan, and, and, and it was just an awesome comeback for an awesome fight. It was insane one of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time if not the greatest head of fight heavyweight fight of all time i said it quote me at me mma takes on twitter um so what's next for the heavyweight division what's what what do you what are we gonna do brian people ask me all the time i get stopped on the street brian Brian, what are we gonna do after ufc 241 what's next for everybody right so dc stipe right what's gonna happen right a lot of people want dc to retire he he's earned everything. He 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 has a broadcasting career. Wherever he wants, he can do whatever he wants. What you know? What does DC want to do? Does he want to try to come back and get the Stipe three? Because I don't think John Jones is happening anymore. The only fight for DC is Stipe three, big money fight, revenge loss, go out on top. You know what? Whatever. If 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 you can. Um, but he looked pretty demoralized. His kids were at the fight. He was upset. Uh, he never thought he that would fight would go down like that. Um. A lot of his close friends are probably telling him to retire. John Anik wants him to retire. Kenny Florian wants him to retire. He has nothing to prove. I understand that. But the competitor in D.C., the guy who knows he can beat Stipe, the guy who's winning three rounds against Stipe and knocked him out in the first round of the time before that, probably knows there's a lot of money online and I could probably get him. However, you could also lose again. And you could get, you know, and, and that could be pretty embarrassing for your legacy. So there's a lot to be weighed here. I personally think if a gun was my was my t- boop, t- up, boop. if a gun was in my head, I would say they're gonna fight a third time. Now, where does that leave Francis Agano? Okay. Um, the most annoying thing ever is these guys, these people who get paid to cover MMA for either ESPN, MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, fucking where wherever, the athletic. They get paid money, right, to cover MMA. And I saw so many tweets that said, DC Stipe 3 needs to happen, if not Naganyu Stipe. No shit. You don't need to get tweet that. Everyone knows. No, they're going to put Stipe in there with fucking Curtis Blades. No, Francis the next up. DC's earned a right if he wants a trilogy. Francis is the next guy. You don't need to say it. And if you do say it, say it kind of different. You boring fucks. Put a little pizzazz into it. 
everyone knows that's what the next fight is, okay? So that drove me nuts. I had to get off Twitter. I was like, these guys stink. And the fact they're getting paid for it, they're getting money to tweet that out. Fuck off. But yeah, I mean, it's true though. I mean, it's uh, Stipe DC3, I think is going to happen. Uh, Nagani is probably going to have to sit on the sidelines or take another fight. I don't see anybody beating him. I see Nagano can take another fight, knock someone out again, get his, you know, promote the fucking Stipe rematch even more. If DC wants to take some time off and doesn't want the Stipe and Stipe wants to get back, then obviously that's what happened. There's a lot of moving parts in heavyweight. Heavyweight's deciding again. And no disrespect to Curtis Blades. I said his name there. He was the first guy that came into my mind. I mean, he's a fantastic fighter, but he's not. Obviously, no one thinks he's going to be fighting for the title next. I just don't think things need to be said that everyone fucking knows. All right. So I tweeted out yesterday. Excuse me for a second here. Doing a little something, a little something, something. So I tweeted out. Um, I don't have a follower account to do this, so I don't know why I do it. But uh, I'm going to try something here, guys. Give me a second here. There we go. All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And boop. Um, okay. So I tweeted out. I said, I don't have the follower account, but what, I'm doing the podcast today. I tweeted out yesterday. Who do you, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to discuss? Let me know what you guys want to hear. Uh, a loyal listener to the show and, and, and a loyal Twitter follower, a guy who knows his shit about MMA. Um, he always tweets me on fight nights and, and we have good interactions on Twitter. Tim Mitchell. Um, tweeted me and said he wants to hear what I think about Diaz and Masvidal. He's the only one that tweeted me. So if you follow me and you listen to this and you didn't tweet at me and ask me a question, how dare you? But, um, so Tim Mitchell wants to know what I think about Diaz Masvidal. I love it. I absolutely fucking love it. I think it's an awesome fight. I truly do. Both guys are, 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 are like, they're so similar that they're different, right? Diaz is a, is a West coast gangster from Stockton. Um, who doesn't really recognize his Mexican heritage, which is weird. I know Connor always calls him a Mexican and Diaz, you know, just kind of like doesn't, you know, ignores it, doesn't like really represent that part of his life. And then Masvidal, I think, is Cuban or Puerto Rican. I'm not sure. Uh, he might be Mexican. I'm not really sure. But he like embraces it fluent in Spanish and, and is fucking living that high life in Miami, you know? Um, both are very similar, both as real as it gets. Both are t- insanely tough dudes, and it's gonna be an incredible matchup. Um, I-, I love this fight. This should main event. The you know they always put a big card on in December. I think that's what Masvidal wants to fight. I think he came out and said today that's where he wants to fight in December. That should main event. I don't. I know they don't like put main events on that aren't title fights. I know John Jones is probably gonna be fighting around that time, but John Jones was Jan Blahovich. Uh, who cares? Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal? Yes, please. Yes, please. As quick as I can. Yes, please. That's in the same fight. It's crazy. Like, what's going to happen, right? Jorge Masvidal is one of the hottest fighters in, in the UFC right now. He's obviously not going to get the title shot. That's going to go to Colby. They haven't announced it yet, but that's going to go to Colby. So what do you do? What do you do with Jorge? Will you get, and he wants a payday. Well, Connor's not going to fight by the end of the year because he's punching guys in Ireland. You're going to give the fight to... To Jorge, Jorge Diaz at the end of, at the end of the year in December, put it on that big New Year's Eve card or right around New Year's Eve card. Um, insane, I love it. Um, who do I think is going to win? That's a tougher question. I thought again, I've, I've said it on this podcast, I didn't think Nate looked great. 
I thought he looked a little rusty. I thought he looked a little slow. His boxing didn't look that clean. Jorge has fought most recently. He looked great against Darren Till. He looked great against uh, Ben Askren within five fucking seconds of a, you know, with the knee or whatever. Um, they match up well, right? Diaz is really dangerous in a clinch. They both have really good boxing. I think Diaz would probably implement the same thing he did with, with uh, Pettis. I think Jorge's a little bit bigger and a little bit better at getting out of the clinch. I think he's a little sneakier than that. Um, I don't think he'll get beat up by that much on the fence, that is. I think this is, should probably take place inside the center of the cage. I think Diaz will probably try to take Jorge down. I think there's zero chance Diaz can take him down. I think Diaz is a pretty good grappler on the ground. I don't think his takedowns are worth a shit. I really don't. I don't think his wrestling's all that good. He kind of commented on the on the post-fight show that he's been learning wrestling with all these wrestlers. He's been wrestling and all this shit. Um, I don't see him taking Masvidal down. Masvidal's a, a really good has really good takedown offense, and I don't, I just don't see that happening. I, don't, I, when, when, where is that going to happen? Huh? Where's that going to happen? Um, so I see this fight taking place a lot in the cage, a lot of the center, of the center of the cage, and against the cage. I think Diaz is going to clinch a lot. Um, with what I saw on Saturday, I think Masvidal has the better boxing. Diaz though is known for his boxing and known for his cardio. Um, Jorge, we haven't seen him really go that long at 170 yet in the UFC. Um, but you know, he's, he seems to always be in shape. I mean, he trains with one of the greatest teams in the world, American top team. I don't see why he wouldn't be in shape. Um, there's a lot of moving parts of this fight. I'm excited. I'm, I'm fucking fired up. This is why I love MMA. It's because in boxing fury and wilder should have rematched a year ago. They're putting that off. Right. And, and a lot of people are like, well, that's how you build a fight. No, that's how you get people pissed off. Cause there's a million promoters and a million different promotions. No one ever gets the fight they want with this. These are two, this, you know, Diaz kind of called him out in the cage respectfully, but he called him out. Both guys want it. The organization want it. They want to get paid. So they're going to do it. That's, that's what MMA separates MMA from boxing. So if anybody wants to come at me and say boxing's better, go fuck yourself. Cause it's not, cause you're not going to see the fights you want to see until the guys are way past their prime. We're seeing two guys that everyone wants to see the two guys that people love. Diaz has been loved by everybody for a long time. Masvidal is the fucking guy that everyone is talking about now. They're very similar. The buildup probably won't be as exciting as people think because they're both going to be kind of respectful for each other. They're going to keep it gangster, but they're going to be respectful for each other in that kind of way. But during the fight, the fights could be awesome, right? The fight will be insane. I cannot wait. My early prediction of that fight is I'm leaning Masvidal. So I think Masvidal has a little bit more power. And I think Nate... You know, I just, Nate's only way to win is to submit him and get him on the ground. I've, I've, you know, doubted Nate a lot. I've picked against him twice in the Connor fight. I think I maybe even took Michael Johnson as the underdog in their fight many years ago. I did pick him this weekend though. I thought he, I thought he had Pettis' number, but so maybe I need to put a little more respect on Nate's name, but, uh, I'm telling you, I, I just think Masvidal is the hot, I man. he's so hot right now. That Hansel is so goddamn hot right now. So that's my thought on that. Thank you, Tim Mitchell for, uh, for sending me that. Okay, so next up, sorry, I'm doing like a, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get video for you guys. So I did a little sample of the Masvidal Diaz talk right there, and uh, I'm gonna try to edit it out, put it on the uh, Instagram, try to do something. You know, we're, we're we're exploring things here. Okay, I couldn't do it. Oop, bang my uh, thing on that mic. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> sorry about that. H2O, baby. Okay, let me delete this stuff. All right, next up, we got a lot to talk about, guys. We got a lot to talk about. <sighs> All right, so what should we do first? What what things should we do first? Um, yeah, so Darren Till, another one of my guys. 
he is, um, you know, a l- I watched the interview with him that he sat down with uh, BT Sports, maybe. I'm not really sure who he sat down with. It was a lengthy interview. He talked about being arrested in the Canary Islands, and he talked about, you know, what's next and how his next fight is probably going to be at 85. Now, I've, I've bragged about Sanhagen and Sadiq being one of my guys and, and what comes with being one of my guys, undying loyalty. And that's true. I'm not going to waver from that. However, I'm going to keep it real. Okay, guys. Darren Till's beard in that interview. What are you doing, man? Huh? What are you doing? It was like a chin strap. I hope he lost the bet. I don't know what it was. As a guy who can't grow a beard, um, you know, people who've never seen me before, I have a little bit of a baby face and I cannot grow a beard. Um, I just wouldn't, if, I, the, if that was the beard I could grow, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't do it ever. It looks so bad. It looked bad. I had no problem with his arrest and what he was talking about. You know, he's a personal guy. He's a likable guy. He's a little erratic. You know, he's kind of wild. He's a wild boy. What are you doing with that beard, man? It was awful. Awful. So that I was so distracted, I couldn't even listen to what he was saying because his beard was so bad. Um, God, I got like my chairs. My daughter, like I said, she can open doors now. She comes in and sits in this chair I got. And you know, like you know, it's like a it's like a fucking office chair, so you can like lean back on it. And she like locks up like the lumbar support. And so like every time I try to lean back, it locks up. I can't do it right now. I'm recording. Jeez, old Pete. Um, yep. Yeah, so anyway, back to Darren Till. So he called out Kelvin Gaslam for MSG. He tweeted it and then po- posted a picture of Kelvin Gaslam. Um, again, guys, listen, I'm a Till guy. I love Till. I maybe prematurely declared him the next welterweight champion in the world. That's on me. Hand up. But um, I don't like that fight for him at 85. I think that's a tough welcoming fight to 85 kevin gaslam can crack he's a lot better than i think people give him credit for he's tough as nails he's a good grappler i mean he can do it all i think that's a tough fight for darren till i like darren till's fucking heart i like that he's going for the big guns i mean kevin gaslam's top three top four middleweights i like that he's he's shooting his shot but god damn that's a reach, man. Darren Till, get your feet wet at 185, bro. Get your feet wet, man. What are you doing? Uh, I hate the move. I hate it. I fucking hate it. There, I said it. I don't want that fight to happen. I think it's uh, I think it's an awful fight for Darren Till. Uh, I'm trying to protect my guy, right? I want him to fight. Just give him a fucking striker at 185 outside of the top 15. See if he can fucking knock that dude out, and then we'll we'll move him along. But the top five, top, oh, I don't even know what Kelvin's ranked. Got to be four. Just fall for the interim title. Four or five. That's a steep. That's a steep reach. Hopefully they don't give it to him. Um, I didn't see if Kelvin responded or not, though. Hopefully he didn't because I just I don't like that fight for Darren. All right. Uh, next up, Kobe Covington, a guy who showed up at the fights on Saturday and got the most heat. The most heat ever. He got booed. Every time they showed him, they went nuts. They even announced on the broadcast, Joe Rogan's like, if you're hitting the booze people, that's because Colby Coven just walked in. Crazy, crazy heat this guy got. Um, I said many podcasts ago, I think Jorge Masvidal should get the title shot because I think he's the hottest fighter in the UFC right now. I stand by that. I do. Um, or hottest. Yeah, I think he is. But 
Colby's got the most heat. Colby knows what he's doing. He's building that fucking brand up, and he's performing. Him and Kamar Usman is going to be a fucking war. People are going to tune into that. People are tuning in just to see Colby lose. That's going to be insane. Hopefully, they can get that done for MSG. That would be awesome in November. Um, you know, Colby has a stitches over his eye, but other than that, I didn't think he was banged up. Camaro is, I believe, training right now, probably trying to get in shape. He had that knee injury or hernia or whatever he had that, uh, you know, he's coming back from over the summer, but that fight needs to happen. Um, Colby also went on to the uh, Brendan Schaub food truck thing and brought like girls with them and like did the whole bit. And Brendan, credit to Brendan Schaub, which I don't love giving him credit. He kind of was like, okay, this is a little awkward, right? Because this is like, you're doing a bit. And this, you know, you're, you know, and Colby broke his bit a little bit, kept doing it and, and broke down a little bit. But listen, like I, I don't love his trash talk and I don't love his shtick, but it's working, right? You know, it, it, it's definitely working. It worked for Chael. Connor, I think Connor's more authentic, but Connor definitely does have like pre-rehearsed rhymes. Like, you know, he knows what he's going to say leading up to it. Like Connor's naturally charismatic and, and he's a lot more organic than written down. Colby's got to write his stuff down. Colby's got to like push the envelope. Connor, Connor kind of has a it factor. Colby is, has to have the gimmick to really get people talking about him. Um, but he's got heat, man. They booed the shit out of him. That'd be an awesome fight, especially doing it in New York, doing it in a bunch of, you know, sorry, New York, but I mean, you're, you're typically liberal. You're, you know, um, doing it in, in, in Lib city, New York city. Whew. I mean, they they they'll come out. They'll come out and fucking and and roast Covington with that American uh, Make America Great Again hat. Woo! But that guy's got some heat, heat, heat. I love it. Okay. Um, I wasn't gonna talk about this, guys. I wasn't gonna do it. It seems like I'm defending my guys every every time. So Conor McGregor, the fight, came, uh, the video came out last week of him um, punching a man in the face for not enjoying his whiskey. It happened in April. Everyone's known about it in the organization. I'm sure, obviously, Dublin police in Ireland, wherever it happened at, they know about it. Uh, the video just came out. My friends, who know nothing about MMA, sent that to me. And I think, I, did I talk about this right? I think I said it on the on the Devon podcast. I'll, I'll reiterate. They sent it to me, and they said, what's up with your boy? I It took me an hour to respond. I'm trying to spin this. And I said, oh, he threw a drink in his face. And then the video came out where it was slowed down, and they clearly show Connor punching him. I did talk about this. I said... How could he have knocked this old guy out? That's the biggest takeaway is like you threw your left hand and you couldn't knock some old drunk out off a bar stool. Knock him off the bar stool at least. That worries me, Connor. That worries me. That worries me more than you getting angry that this old drunk didn't want your whiskey. That angers me that you couldn't knock this guy out with one shot. I mean, listen, people like these guys are fighters. Okay. They're not fucking presidents of the United States. They're not world leaders. I know it's such a bad example. Connor's, you know, obviously the most biggest star in combat sports right now. I get it. I get that he he a lot of these things pop up, right? He clearly needs to control himself a little better with the breaking of the phone, punching this old guy. But listen, he's a fucking savage in there, okay? He's a fucking savage. He's gonna fly off the handle. You gotta expect some things like this. When Mike, you know, I'm not defending Connor. I well, I kind of have to because he's my guy. You shouldn't punch an old man in the face, right? And who knows what the old man said to him, right? Listen, I've I've been in a couple, you know, not to brag, I've been in a couple bar skirmishes in my day. And uh, there's some, if, if they just had a silent video of me at a bar, 
watching me hit somebody. I don't think I've ever hit an old man, but if they ever saw a video, they would be like, that guy's a fucking idiot. Like, well, that, that, you know, but if they don't know the context, however, you kind of got to know your Conor McGregor and not throw the punch. However, you know, I was more worried about the fact that he might have a kid out there with some other broad. That bothered me more than him punching some old drunk, right? Because who knows what the old drunk said? He could have said something racist. Connor might be hitting people that are racist. And what are we going to do about it, right? Huh? When we find out what that guy said, and Connor goes, oh, he was calling the guys outside the N-word. And I punched him because he's a racist bigot. Guess what? Connor's a hero, okay? That's Spin City right there. That's what you get when you're my guy. You get the undying loyalty, guys. Just join. Just join the board. All right. Last thing before we get to the top five. I'm having too fun. Too much fun here. Too much fun, guys. This thing, I'm challenging. I don't know his name. I probably should have looked it up before I recording. But I'm issuing a fight, right? I'm gonna, I want to fight somebody. Um, <clears throat> so this guy who just launched um, a celebrity boxing thing right um he signed the bagel boss little dwarf fucking idiot bozo and lenny dexter to fight in a boxing match and then he signed months ago bam margera to be the celebrity referee now if you don't know what's going on with bam margera he is bipolar has an addiction problem in and out of rehab constantly getting in trouble with the law manic depressive maybe suicidal um he's been like that for a while right and this guy gave him money to be the celebrity boxing uh referee and now is demanding it back that bam bailed on his obligations or bam actually has like real life things going on so he did a signing with bagel boss guy and lenny dykstra they're gonna main event his boxing thing this fucking idiot if i don't know his name i don't know if i want to say his name on here i don't want to promote it um, but if you look, if you look up the guy I'm talking about, he's like in shape, older guy, um, wears like a hat, like a flat bill hat. Cause I mean, cause, um, I'm sure he is some kind of been in the fight game. I mean, you just don't launch a boxing promotion if you're not somewhat in the fight game, but I want to fight him. I'm issuing a challenge right now. If you know his name, you know, his Twitter, you know, anything tag me in on Twitter. I'm going to issue to a fight. I say, I'm not a celebrity, right? But I'm, I want to fight him. I do. I think it's 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 so irresponsible, I guess isn't the right word. Just so disgusting that this fucking guy is going to try to make money off people. You know, like Lenny Dykstra is brain dead. The guy's a fucking drug addict. Like, they just showed him hitting mitts. He threw a left hook and almost fell over. Like, the guy's got serious problems. This bagel boss guy, I hate that he's a fucking celebrity. I hate that he was in, in Chris Wyman's gym a few weeks ago training. This dude's a fucking misogynistic fucking racist. Like, he's like, oh, I have black friends, but I say the N-word when I'm mad. Like, no, that's not okay. Let's not like that. That's not okay, you little fucking idiot. He just got in a fight in a casino. Some guy, like, punched him in his face. Like, you people realize, like, the viral video that went big, like, he was the bad guy in that, not Bagel Boss. He was mad because women made fun of his height on dating sites, and the, the, the Bagel people were like, no, this guy came and started yelling at us. Like, bro, you're five foot something. You're going to get made fun of that. Okay. I know you haven't, but you, you it just, 
he's an idiot, right? I, this is coming here. I don't want this guy to ever have money. I don't want him to succeed. I think he's a piece of shit. I hope he goes back to whatever he does for a living. Hopefully his 15 minutes is over. But this fucking boxer promoters trying to make a quick buck on these two fucking guys and, and people are going to buy it. You know, people are going to watch it. I'm not, I'm not going to, I promise you I won't watch it. I'm talking about it because it makes me mad. This might be my rant of the day. I don't, I haven't done that in a while. I don't think, and I, and, but my rant of the day. So to that celebrity boxing promoter, listen, if it was two celebrities, like they've done this before. Like, I think like, uh, Danny Bonaducci box somebody and, uh, then the Kardashian kid box somebody. I mean, they've done celebrity boxing before, but for you to get these two fucking idiots, you know, I just think you're a fucking scum in the earth. I think you're a fucking shit bag. I just, you know, that's the way it is that I think you're a shit bag and I want to fight you. I don't want to box you. I want to fight you. Okay. You can put up money. I'll put up money. I'll fight you. Right. Um, so fuck that guy. Fuck that guy forever. Okay. So top five, I stole this. Uh, yeah, I stole this idea from part of my take, a podcast I listened to presented by Barstool. So full disclosure, completely stole their idea for this, but I thought it was a good idea. They did a Mount, they do a Mount Rushmore, uh, and they didn't name top four of whatever today was the most or the worst athlete that you thought was going to be good. So not like a bust. Not like a number one draft pick that's going to be a bust, but guys that you personally backed and you're, you told people this guy's going to be Super Bowl champion. This guy's going to be a fucking Hall of Famer, what, whatever. They did a list. They did a great job, but they, they, they don't know fighting. They didn't do any fighting. I think uh, one of the guys said uh, Kimbo Slice. You know, that's an okay answer. I thought it'd be good to do fighting because I have some, right? I have some guys that I thought were going to be world champions, like the world on fire um, early, you know, before I formed and made the, my guys list, the list of fighters that I'll, I'll go to the ends of the earth for before I did that. I had some fandom. I had some, I was telling people uh, on sure dog forums on the underground or wherever you can probably dig up posts for me back in, you know, wherever that these guys are going to fucking be world champions. I proclaimed it. And, uh, it obviously hasn't worked out that way. Okay, so number five. This one's a tough one because I think he's actually a fantastic fighter. But um, but it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. So it's Dan Hardy. You know, Dan Hardy is an incredible analyst, uh, analyst, analysis, analyst. He is was a really good fighter, really talented fighter. Fought for a title. He fought George St. Pierre for a title. Um, had some really nice wins in the UFC. But... After he beat uh, Marcus Davis, which was his biggest build-up fight where they talk shit to each other, and he beat Marcus Davis, I think, by like a split decision. Yeah, split decision. Then I'm like, this dude's good. I mean, anybody that would listen on Sheerdog, my friends, I'm like, this Irish, or excuse me, this English guy with the fucking red mohawk, this dude's going to beat George St. Pierre. He's going to knock him clean out. He's so good. He's the best. I mean, literally, these are words that I said. I didn't gamble then. I don't know if I was old enough to gamble. 2009. Yeah, I was 21, 2009 when he fought. Or excuse me, 2010. Uh, I was I was uh, old enough to gamble. Um, when he fought George St. Pierre, I would have put my house that he would have beat GSP. I, I didn't have, own a home. I would have put my parents' house on sale. That's how confident I was. And he obviously lost to GSP. Then he lost to Carlos Condit. Then he lost to Anthony Johnson. He lost to Chris Lytle. Then he came back. He ended his, not really, his career's not ended yet, but he lost, you know, he won his final two. 
So this is a tough one because I do think he is a very talented fighter. His story's not done yet. Um, he he very much well could uh, could come out and and, and win. Um, he can win some championships, you know, potentially. But you know, he's got sideline with a heart thing and and all this stuff. But yeah, so that's a tough one. That's a tough one to do. That's a tough one to to. I, I want to ease into it, right? So my number four, the New York badass Phil Baroni. When I saw this guy, see, I'm an old school guy. I go back a ways, boys. I've been in this. I've been in this for a long, long time. You put an MMA t- uh, trivia in front of my face. Your boy's gonna get it done. Your boy's gonna win it. All right. So when I watched this guy, he fought Dave Manet. Right. He made his UFC debut against Matt Lynn and lost the majority decision. But when he he knocked out Omar Suleyev and Dave Manet back to back. When he knocked out Dave Manet against the cage like that, I was like, holy shit. This dude, like, he's got the muscles. He's got the fucking swagger. He's got the New York accent. Like, you know, he's dancing kind of, whatever the fuck he did. I'm like, oh, this dude, this dude's going to fucking wreck people. Right? Then his next fight, he fought Matt Lindlim. And he lost again, right? And then I said, and I remember this perfectly. I said on the uh, on a forum or to whoever would listen to me, yeah, but that that's a wrestler, right? He lost to a wrestler. That's gonna happen. He's still, you know, he's gonna figure out the wrestling. But no one can stand with this guy. This guy's gonna knock everybody out. Then he lost to Evan Tanner by uh, TKO in the first round. Um, and then I go, hmm, okay, well, no big deal. Rematches Evan Tanner loses again. I go, okay, that's three in a row now. Now I'm starting to get a little now I'm starting to get a little worried. Then he fights an unknown guy named Pete Sell. Um, Long Island guy as well. I think I think Baroni's Long Island or Staten Island, I'm not sure. Both New York guys. He fought an unknown Pete uh, Pete Sell. And I go, Baroni, here's the comeback, baby. Still hanging on. I didn't know much about Sell, didn't know if he's a grappler, wrestler, or whatever. I just said, you know what? Baroni's got this. Loses guillotine choke. Gets cut from the UFC. Goes over to Pride, does his thing. Um, I'm looking at his record now. It is all over the place. Red everywhere. Pretty wild. I mean, it's crazy because I don't even... Like, he's 16 and 18 overall now. He doesn't even winning record. And I was pretty much all in on this guy. I thought this dude, after watching those knockouts, I'm like, this dude's got some crazy power. He's got muscles for days. He's going to fucking wreck anybody. Put him in there, anybody. But um, it didn't happen, guys. Next up, this one's a good one. This is this is a this is a throwback to these final three. If you're listening to this and you're fairly new at MMA, you might not know these people. I highly suggest you do uh, you do some research um, because um, it's a good list. Like you would f- feel the same way I did. Number three is David Terrell. You're probably thinking who. Exactly. David Terrell was a guy, I believe he trains with the like the Diaz brothers. I think he was like a Diaz brothers guy. He's a California guy. Uh, don't quote me if he's a Diaz brother guy, but this dude was awesome, right? He was lighting the world on fire when he came to UFC. He lost his pro debut and then won five in a row. Knocked out Matt Linlin. Matt Linlin you don't know who Matt Lindland is. Matt Lindland was a guy that no one could just look good against. He was like 
so awkward. He's just a weird wrestler. He's kind of like an old Ben Askren a little bit where he just grapple fucked you the whole time and no one can stop it. David Terrell was a jiu-jitsu, uh, a Gracie jiu-jitsu black belt, came in, had great ground skills and showed up and fucking knocked out Matt Lindland and set the UFC world on fire. That was at UFC 49. Guess what happens? Gets a fucking title shot against Evan Tanner at UFC 51. I believe it was a title shot, right? Didn't he, didn't he fight for the title? And then he lost Evan Tanner. Looked great in the beginning. It was hurting Evan Tanner. Evan, rest in peace. Shout out Evan Tanner. Evan Tanner fucking with, withstood all that. Took him down and TKO'd him. And then he came back and beat Scott Smith. Durable Scott Smith. By rear naked choking around Ramon. Showed off his ground game. So he was 6-2. and two. And he was young, and he was good, and he was talented, and he had a call to career, right? So this one could be argued that his career got cut short because of a, a disease, but this dude was a future world champion at 185 pounds. Like, this guy was on another level to me. Like, I love this dude. I wasn't, I didn't tell a lot of people about him. I kind of hit it. I'm like, oh, like, I'm going to. I'm going to wait till he does. I've been burned by the Baronies. I've been burned, you know, before. I'm going to wait to see what this guy's got. And then I'm going to fucking shove him down people's throats. And uh, it never happened. Six and two ended his career. I believe he has Meniere's disease, which is the same thing Dana White has. Unfortunately, I don't think Scott Smith has, or excuse me, uh, David Terrell has Dana White money where he can fly to Germany and get that procedure done that Dana's got. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what ended his career was Maniz. And I don't think he was really into it. I, I don't know. I think he'd rather be a coach. Um, I should see what that guy's doing. I don't know if he's coaching anybody or not. I wonder what uh, old David Trell's doing. All right, next up, a guy who I foolishly got behind. I kind of knew it was, it was almost like a drug. I've never done drugs in my life. I'm not a drug addict, but this was like a drug. I knew it was wrong for me to root for him, but I just couldn't help it. James Irvin. James Irvin. Now, if you know who James Irvin is, he fought in the UFC, ripped up, dude, right? Shred City. I mean, he was built like, like a Paulo Costa and a Yo Romero, but not maybe as big as him, but jacked up. Like he is a white dude, jacked up, California guy. Um, one, like every time he was in a, a, a smaller promotion, he'd go out and win. Um, but he would, you know, he'd come into UFC and just fucking rack people. Huge power puncher, crazy knockouts. Um, his UFC debut, I believe, what was his UFC debut? Terry Martin, right? No. Uh, yeah, okay. So he fought in the WC, knocked out Doug Marshall. Shout out Doug Marshall. Doug Marshall's still alive. I hope, I hope he is. Um, so his UFC debut was against Terry Martin. Um, he was losing the entire fight. Terry Martin was this guy that was like a chubby grappler that, you know, would take you down. And James Irvin didn't have the best takedown defense. Flying knee took him out. Crazy celebration. Fucking Irvin had some swag to him, right? Crazy celebration, right? 205 pounder. He's joked up. I fucking was like, this guy's going to the moon. Call it now. 205 pound champion. Get him against Chuck. I want to see him fight Chuck. So then he fights his next fight. He fights Stefan Bonner after Bonner's coming off the ultimate fighter loses um, by uh, Kimura and the UFC cuts him back then. The UFC, I think only signed like maybe one or two fight deals. They, they didn't really cut him. They sent him to the WC, which was kind of like a brother sister program. Um, he goes over there, loses and then wins, 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 comes back to the UFC, knocks out Hector Ramirez 
loses to uh, Tiago Silva. Luis Kane, God, that's another guy that could have made this list. Uh, got um, was losing the entire fight. Luis Kane got a legal knee in the head. Then he not, knocked out uh, Houston Alexander with the Superman punch, which was awesome. This guy's some fucking highlight reel knockouts. Incredible stuff. And then they go, you know what? We need to sell some fuck, you know, affliction or or yeah, affliction had a pay per view one night. I think Fedor was fighting Tim Sylvia. And they or yeah, I think he's fighting Tim Silver or Andre Lossy, he can't remember. And they're like, We need we're gonna have a fight night. And we're gonna have Anderson Silva, the best in the world, go up to two hundred five pounds. Who wants to fight him? And James Irvin goes, Me? And then Anderson Silva just embarrasses him and he loses three in a row, gets cut by the UFC, and then never made his way back. I actually do not know what happened to him. His last fight was in twenty twelve. Gladiator challenges. He lost by knees and punches. He's had he had three fights scheduled since 2014 and all got canceled. Um, I've looked him up on Instagram and Twitter. I don't know what happened to him, right? I I don't know what happened to him. He was 17 and 10, but I'm saying I was all the fuck in on this guy. I I love this dude. I was like, and my friends were were in it too because, like I said, he was fucking. He was ripped up, dude. He was fucking jacked. Like, he had some exciting fucking power. Oh, what could have been? All right, my number one here. We're running a little long. I'm sorry this is boring you. If you guys don't know anybody, who these people are, I highly suggest you look them up. My number one, a guy who probably not many people know, Steve Cantwell. Who? Steve Cantwell. Steve Cantwell was a WEC champion at light heavyweight. He knocked out Brian Stan. He lost, wait, wait, yeah, he lost to Brian Stan in WEC. He knocked out Justin McElfresh, Tim McKenzie, and then he got a rematch of Brian Stan and knocked him out in round two. Looked awesome. Looked so good. I thought his striking was so good. WEC used to be on Wednesday nights on like Fuel TV or some shit, and I would be texting my buddies. Like, I used to push MMA down my buddies' throats. I have since given up on that. But I used to push it down the throat like my boy Steve Cantwell's fighting. You should check him out. And then like my friends like, all right, what channel? You know, because Wednesday nights, I mean, what's really on in the summer? So they fucking turned it on to uh, to uh, Brian Stan, Steve Cantwell, and he knocked Brian Stan out in the second round, won the title, and I was like, wow. I mean, fucking went nuts. I was like, this dude's good. I mean, literally get him in the UFC. Let him fight Tito. Let him fight Chuck. Let him fight Rashad Evans. Let him get in there. Like, this dude's the next dude at 205. Goes over to UFC, fights Razak Al-Hassan. About rips this dude's fucking arm off in the first round. I remember nasty armbar on a, on a fight night. Just disgusting. Just almost took the dude's fucking arm from him. Then he fights Luis Kane. Loses a decision. Lopsided decision. Didn't look good. Luis Kane came out. Just Steve Cantwell just didn't do anything. Right? Got pieced up. Then they give him a third match with Brian Stan in the UFC. Brian Stan was became a better fighter. Instead of standing and banging, he mixed things up and won the fight. Then he goes and he fights uh, Cyril Delabate, the the snake, the uh, the French guy everyone loved. Lost a decision to him. Then he fights. He gets uh, two more shots in the UFC. Mike Mazzano and uh, who he should have beaten, Ricky Fakata, loses both to a decision from them. And then uh, his career ended in 2012. I've looked this guy up too. Can't find him. Uh, you know, don't know what happened to him. If you know whereabouts of Steve Cantwell, please 
I want him on the podcast. This dude, I legitimately like disregard the entire list. I mean, I was all in on the guys on the list at his name, but this is the guy. This is my guy. Um, and it's nice to kind of be wrong about people sometimes. You can't always be right. You can't always predict the winners. Like I can sit here and be like, oh, I predicted the sex. You know, yeah, no one wants to hear that. People want to hear about your failures. These are the guys that I backed. And I wouldn't call Dan Hardy a failure. He's the only one on the list that I was like, eh, he's done some really, I mean, he's better than the rest of the list. But man, these are the dudes that, these are the early my guys. I thought these guys were going to be world champions. I thought I was going to, you know, be friends with them. They were going to see my sure dog post. And, you know, this is before Twitter. And, you know, now it's like I would have tweeted them, would have been at the post-fight parties. It's crazy. It's crazy that uh, the way they turned out. And the final two, James Irvin's team can't, well, I can't find them anywhere. I mean, I guess James Irvin's kind of a kind of a common name, I guess. So, I mean, might might be tough to find. I want to know their whereabouts. I want to talk to them. I want to have James Irvin and Steve Cantwell on the podcast together. I don't know if they have a lot going on, if I'm being honest with you. I don't understand why they couldn't come on. How old is Steve Cantwell? He might just be taking a really extended time off. How old they say he is? 32? I mean, come on, man. 32 and you haven't fought since 2012? You retired at 25? Ugh, that's so disappointing. You stop fighting at 25. You just fell in love with it. But he, I mean, literally, if you can find it, I don't know if it's on UFC Fight Pass, definitely not on ESPN+. Plus. Steve Cantwell, Brian Stan, the one where he won. He's lost twice to Stan, but the one that he won, he looks so good. He had a horrible nickname, though, the robot. I mean, that's, come on. No one wants to be the robot, right? I insult people by calling them robots. You don't want to be a robot, Steve. All right, guys. That's the show. Fun as always. Only one this week. No UFC this weekend. First weekend off we've had in a little bit. Um, we're going to have China the week after that. And then Abu Dhabi. I'm so excited for Abu Dhabi. Uh, my boy Don Madge. Again, another one of my guys. A true one of my guys because he's been on the podcast. Um, his Russian-haired uh, dude um, fell out. So they don't have an opponent yet for him. And they don't have him on the card. They don't have him listed as TBD. Like, see, he's going to fight him. Hopefully someone steps up and fights my boy, Don Madge. I saw some up and coming fighters on um, Instagram and Twitter say, I'll be your Huckleberry. I'll fight Don Madge in Abu Dhabi. Who wouldn't want to fly to Abu Dhabi? And that's once in a while. They don't go there that often. 155 pounders step up and fight my guy, Don Madge. I want to see him fight on that card so bad. Okay. So hopefully Don Madge gets a opponent's. This is it, everybody. This is the podcast. Very much fun. Thank you for listening to me for over an hour now. Hour 17 minutes to be exact. Um, yeah, so follow me on all platforms. Again, I'm a plug, 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 plug. Follow me on Twitter at MMA Takes. Follow me on Instagram, MMA Takes Podcast. And uh, yeah, more content to come. I'm feeling good, feeling loose, feeling ready, feeling good. Okay, I'll see you guys. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it.
I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel. Feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?